Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Apple Store Third Street. So tonight's kind of actually like a double treat. Uh, we have an amazing artist in and of himself as the moderator tonight. He's a Grammy Award winner, an actor, an amazing artist. We're very uh, excited to have David Banner as our moderator tonight. And then of course, with four albums, eight Grammy nominations, uh, an amazing artist, please give a warm round of applause for Tank. How y'all doing? What's going on? There it is. All right. So, let's talk about the new album. Um, what brought you to the title of the new album? Um, the new album is called This Is How I Feel on iTunes right now. Download it. Quickly. Um, quickly, before you get out of here. <laughs> She's going to do it right now. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, but uh, originally, the album was called Savior. And what I wanted to do was, you know, tell every woman in the world that there was a savior and there's somebody for them. And, you know, what happened is I started to, by putting myself in that box, I started to eliminate a lot of good music that I really wanted to use. You know what I mean? Like I would hear songs and hear certain tracks. I was like, man, that's crazy, but it don't go with the theme. You know what I mean? Right. And so I felt like, you know what? Let me just let me just do what I want to do. You know what I mean? I'm gonna just do it the way I want to do it. I'm gonna do it how I feel it. I'm feeling this track right here that we're working on right now, and it ain't a tank track, but it's gonna be a tank track when Tank finished singing and writing on it. And that's just how we kind of made the whole album, from subject matter to music, the whole nine. All right. So I'm, I'm gonna skip forward to uh, one of my later questions since we since you said that it was gonna be named um, Savior. Can you explain your, your, your musical background and what genre you come from? Y'all uh, gotta listen to this, because this is interesting. I know the answer. <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a church boy, so, you know, I didn't start singing R&B until 96. So all before that, you know, it was all about the Reverend John P. Key and the New Life Community Choir, Fred Hammond and Commission, the Winans, Mississippi Mass. Woo! You know what I'm saying? Well, I'll take you back. You <laughs> listen, Lil Cedric and the Haley Singers before they became Jodeci, like you know all of that, and so that's kind of where you know really my whole style comes from. You know, singing about life and singing with conviction because when you were singing, you know, in, in in front of them pews, in front of the mothers board, like you had to sing like you you know that you know. Well, let, let me ask you a question, not to yeah. interrupt. Can, uh -huh. can, can, can you get them a little sample? Or the the old school, like, can you give them a little bit of that? Just, just like a couple bars. Uh, let's see. Uh, have you ever needed someone and shoulder just to cry on to ease the agony and find tranquility? Homes have it. sweet and gentle touch. Commission. Go back and get that album. <laughs> Absolutely. Mitchell Jones, one of my favorite singers. Uh, well, I, I want to tell y'all why that, that's so important to me because, you know, when, when people who find out that, that artists are spiritual, you know, somebody saw me praying one time. It was like David Banner. He prayed? <laughs> Wait. 
and and I think that sometimes people forget that artists are human, and, and there's so many different aspects of our life, and our music is only a small, right. small microcosm of that. So, y'all, this is a question that I was asking him for me. So I, I hope that some of y'all can relate to this. Do you ever battle spiritually between your upbringing and what you do in the secular world or what people call the secular world? Do you ever battle with that? I did. In the, in the beginning of my career, like, I was, I was tormented, you know what I mean? Because I felt like, you know, the thing that I was taught not to touch or told that was wrong and not be a part of, you know, my whole life, I had found myself, you know, not head deep, you know, in it. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. I was all the way in and committed. And it took, you know, it took a lot of prayer, but it took a minister, you know what I mean? A bishop telling me, you know, the thing that you're able to do is a blessing from God. The fact that people are being able to hear your voice all over the world, that you're able to provide for your kids and your family and do better, that's the gift from God. Now, what you do with that, you know what I mean? If you use it to abuse the things that the flesh desires, then that's where the difficulty comes in. Okay. So it wasn't me necessarily battling against the place where I was because I'm supposed to be out here. You know what I mean? I'm, we, we go on there. I'm supposed to be out here. Those four walls are you know, for the people that just want to interact with each other, but I'm supposed to interact with those who don't know. And I'm supposed to be in the same place they are, but just be a little different. There should be something, you know what I mean, that stands out about me, and that's why I'm out here. So if I misuse that, responsibility and that blessing then that's that's when it starts to get hairy <laughs> all right that was for me y'all y'all excuse me that was for me all right so what separates this album from the rest of that arts uh, the, the rest of the works that you've done all of the art that you've given the world so far what do you think separates this album from all the rest with this album um and i'll tell you before we drop this album i dropped a mixtape called diary of a of a mad man and you heard that? That's what I'm talking about. She said, "Woo!" That's what, um, and what that, what that, what that uh, mixtape did is it kind of freed me a little bit. You know what I mean? Because that mixtape, I did music that I had. Excuse me, I had always recorded. You know what I mean? I had recorded some hard songs. You know what I'm saying? On some hard beats with some hard subject matters, but they never ever made a tank album. So I said, "You know what? I'm gonna take some of these." these songs that, you know, this, this, this whole thing that people have never heard from me, I'm gonna make a couple of more and I'm gonna put out a mixtape. Right. I'm not gonna put pressure on this music because this is not what they know me for. I'm not gonna put a price tag on 9.99. I'm gonna make this optional. So if you wanna explore this side of Tank, you can do that. And so what happened is people bought into it. People started exploring it and saying, man, I like to hear that from Tank. That's yeah, I like hearing them, you know what I'm saying? Don't make me do it. She belongs to me, and if you wanna see, I'ma put you through it. If I feel we got a problem, trust you'll be a dead man walking. Yeah, yeah, so people, they accepted that because I'm saying, yeah. You sound like a David Bellman song. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm like, if you gonna mess with my woman, I, I die about my woman. We're going to have to ride out about this. You know what I mean? And so people, people accepted that. People accepted that other side of Tank. And so what it allowed me to do is it allowed me to make an album with everything. Mm -hmm. 
I could cover the full spectrum with this album. I didn't have to eliminate this kind of music because it, was, it wasn't tank music or, you know what I mean, this right here, just stick to this because this is all you do. But I was able to make a very well-rounded album, my first of its kind. Okay. All right, y'all, we, y'all know we just celebrated Father's Day and um, I lost my father about four years ago. So if anybody lost their father, blessings be to you. You have children, right? I got kids, man. Well, I know you had kids. I'm just asking yeah, so they'll know. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of y'all might not know that. Uh, tell us about being a father. Um, being a father is crazy. Um, only because, like, I'm still, in my mind, 17. So it's like I have these, these kids. I have four kids. I have an 11-year-old, a 7-year-old, and two 4-year-olds. They're not twins, but don't. we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, and so it's like, it's, it's crazy because the perspective of everything changed, you know what I mean? It was, it was no longer, you cheat me out of my back end. Now it's, you cheat my kids out of their back end. Right. It got a lot more serious when the kids came into play, you know what I mean? A little bit more, you know? My, my, my goon came up out of me. So you saying if I if I go have some kids right now, then I'm be more about listen, my money. Listen, you be on one now, but I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Them kids come in, banner. Hey, you gonna gotta be, get hey, it. You gonna be green for real. <laughs> hey. But you know, it's amazing to me, man. And I think the craziest part about having kids is that, you know, you 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 kind of hope for one thing, and you just never know what you're gonna get because they, they they're gonna develop their own personalities, their own talents, their own gifts. And what's crazy is that all my kids sing, and dance, and write music, and all of that. You know, what I mean, my my two little girls there, um, in the uh, Harlem School of the Arts, right now, and my 11 year old, she just got accepted to a school that um, they audition maybe like four or five hundred kids a year and only pick 26. And she missed the audition. She was three weeks late. And they still called her in and said, we need you. You get a full scholarship. And that's, they're doing more work than I ever did at that age. You know what I mean? Like, they're 11 and 7 years old booking commercials and print ads and all sorts of stuff. And it's just neat to see. You know what I mean? They help be a part of that process. So um, I'm learning. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning as we go. You know what I mean? I had, a, I had a good father, really, really good father. And the crazy part of that is he wasn't my biological father. Mine either. But... He was my father. You know what I'm saying? He is my father. So I have a good example on, you know, what to do and how to be there for my kids. So this question actually is not on the iPad. I, I just thought about this. How have I, I mean, the fact that you have daughters now mm-hmm. and the fact, you know, you know how a lot of people's daughters look at you. Yeah. Like, how does that perspective now turn right back around? at you and look you directly in the eye because I'm going to be like the uncle. We're going to be like the uncles <laughs> and bad boys. <laughs> I mean, I mean how, how does that affect you as a father? You know what's crazy is that growing up um, with my sister, you know, she was younger than me, I learned at an early age that you can only protect women from so much. You know what I mean? Um, the biggest part for any woman is to just be there for them. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm gonna teach my daughters all the right things. Like my sister learned all the right things on a roll the whole nine. So she knows, she understands where she should be and, and just, by, just by nature she does, you know, mostly the right thing. But, you know, anytime she's made mistakes, you know what I mean, or bumped her head a little bit, my father was just always there for her. 
you know what I mean, and help to build her back up and keep her confidence as a woman. So for me and my kids and my daughters, it's just really about giving them the real, the reality of what this thing is, you know what I mean? And I'm going to give them that from a first-hand perspective, you know what I mean? This is how daddy was, and this is how daddy knows, you know what I mean? And the more information they have in that area, on that level, they can make conscious decisions, you on know a, what I mean? On an honest level. Absolutely. All right, so one thing I, I know as being an artist myself, people never ask those real questions that, you know, I, I wouldn't mind answering, but I'm not going to answer them unless you ask. So I'm going to ask you one of these questions, Tank. Are you ready? I'm ready. When was the last time you had your heart broke? And if you had your heart broke, what album was that song on? <laughs> That's a good one, huh? Can I, can I get something for that one? Because I probably wouldn't give y'all the answer because it was yesterday. <laughs> Man, yeah. that My heart was broken. Last time my heart was broken, I mean, like, like, like stomped out. Uh, um, was 2006. And I bet with, you he could tell y'all the day and the hour. <laughs> listen, listen. It was, it was, listen, my, my, my heart was manhandled in 2006. And the album that came from that heartbreak was called Sex, Love, and Pain. And the song, the two songs, that describe vividly what happened to a player, a heartbreaker, and I hate you. So when you get a chance, if you find sex, love, and pain floating around somewhere, uh, listen to that and listen to those two songs and you'll hear, it was sad. <laughs> but I'm better, so we're good. All right. So this is something that's important to me, bro, and something I never told you that I respect you for, but I really do. Um, what made you stick to contemporary R&B? I mean, because it, it's not a lot out there right, right now, and for you to still be doing it at the level that you are, and you, I know you had to make a conscious effort to, to stay there. What, what, what made you stay? You know what? It's, it's, it's really like... I've, I've tried a lot of things, you know what I mean? We all experiment with four on the floor and, you know. So we try, we've tried, but it's like when something don't feel right, it ain't right, you know what I mean? When I get to get on stage and sit at my piano and sing my songs and 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 women either you know feel good about themselves or they start to feel sexy or you know or they might cry a little bit or you know what I mean like when I can connect with them spiritually that feels good to me you know what I mean <laughs> okay when you when there's a connection and I feel like you know I'm not mad at any other genre of music you know what I mean it seems like pop is taking over R&B and I think with pop taking over R&B, it's killing the connection. You know what I mean? It's making music go by so fast, so fast. Songs go by so fast. The song was hot six months ago. It's not even here anymore, not even here anymore. The thing I can say about the music that I do is I had a song called Please Don't Go, and that song was number one for 15 weeks and stayed on the chart for two years. And 
it, it didn't sell three, five million records or any of those other things or have the front of the billboard cover, none of that. But I was working for five years for one song. One song. Please don't go. Got awards, Grammy nominations, the whole night. One song. One song. I'm going to get to that. I got you covered. <laughs> said, I got you covered. And so the thing about the music that I understand and realize is that it's just timeless. The music that I want to be part of is, you know, I want to be part of those moments when they talk about uh, Marvin Gaye, when they talk about Luther Vandross, you know, when they talk about Donny Hathaway. Like, I want to be part of those moments, you know what I mean, where I help just, you know, where I help inspire somebody's heart. Or just inspire them to do better, you know, by the next person that they're with. You know, I just want to be part of that. Okay. <clears throat> if you don't mind, you know I'm your homie. I got you. Ain't nothing going to happen. I want you to close your eyes for a second. I want you to describe to me the first time you heard Tank on the radio. Tell us how it, feel, how it felt. Where were you? What was happening? Just paint that picture for us. Okay. With that, with the eyes still closed? Are you going to open them if you want? I All just right. want you to get okay. the feeling. No, man. I got it. I got it. Right. We in a van down south. I'm on my first promo tour, and I got my guys with me um, from Maryland. Like It was like my brothers, and we was all rolling in the van. And I had heard about my song being played on the radio because we was doing a promotional show, you know what I'm saying? So we riding in the van or whatever, and all of a sudden, I, I, I hear what I think is maybe I deserve. I'm not sure, right? And they're like, is that is that you, Teasy? Is that Teasy, Bootlees? Hold on. So we we turn it up and, and we you know what I'm saying everybody's screaming but me. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm excited, right? You know what I'm saying? My song's playing on the radio, and all I could think to myself is, I'm gonna get so many girls because my song is on the radio. Like this ain't like the high school assembly where you just limit it to the girls at the school, but this is like nationwide, you know what I'm saying? You know how many women? I'm a, man, this is gonna be crazy, you know what I'm saying? And it, 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 it went on from there. It happened. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well, let's make a transition. Uh, movies. Yeah. Um, you're making a great transition with, with that. What, what's in the future? Um, anybody seen The Preacher's Kid? You seen it? Yes, yes. I'm not really like that. I'm not like that. Um, I don't believe that women should be abused at all, at all. I mean, I mean, if y'all like in the bedroom and you know you're like, joke me, grab me. You know, I mean, whatever. But um, I'm trying to transition into more of. I'm gonna tell you what's crazy is that I, I really, you know, I love the drama, but I really want to be a superhero. I really want to, I kind of had this thing about flying that I think is cool, you know what I'm saying? That I think I should be able to fly, you know what I'm saying, in one of these movies. It wouldn't be far-fetched if you saw Tank flying. Now, if I broke out singing while I was flying, that would be weird. But flying? Give me two talk, years. Two years? Give me two years. You going to have me flying? I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I'm serious. I'm I want to be a superhero. Like, I want to I wanna save the day, you know what I'm saying? I want to, you know, put out my guns. <laughs> And then I want to run with the slow motion and then, you know, the sweat, they spray the sweat on you and, and, and my chest, they're bouncing up and down because it's like the slow motion, the running is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I just want that whole action. You know? <laughs> that was a little bit too much sweat over there for me. 
<laughs> Dang! Watch Get out! Get out now! No! Hey, <laughs> y'all, this has nothing to do with take, but I always wanted to do this. Who oh, yeah, Hogan? <laughs> this is the Macho Man Randy something. Oh, <laughs> that was almost it. That was, that almost. was almost it. I um Hold on. These are okay. All right. All right. Nice iPad. What, what were you like in high school? What was I like in high school? Um Take that picture. I was nothing like I am now. Uh I was actually very very biblical in high school. I carried my Bible around with me to class and my book bag. I had my suit and tie on every day. You know what I mean? I would tell the girls now, you know you don't have to do that with that young man. All right? God is, God is watching you. You know, I, I was that guy. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'd hold the prayer and, you know, sing the gospel songs at football practices and all of that. Like, like that was my thing. You know what I mean? I was, I, was, uh, I was on fire for the Lord. That's what they call it. I was on fire at that particular time. So I was, you know, ministering to everybody I could. Listen, the Lord would like to tell you two things. He'd like to tell you you're wonderful, first of all, and then he'd like to tell you. You know, so that was me in high school. Nothing like this. Okay. I don't know what happened. All right, y'all, we, we were just eating at Houston's about, you know, about an hour ago, and he has this story about Joaquin Phoenix that he has to tell you. <laughs> he was going to jump on Joaquin Phoenix. Now, watch, but it's not what you think. It's not what you think. It's not gangster rap. Just listen to it. <laughs> Do y'all know who Joaquin Phoenix is? Everybody know who Joaquin Phoenix is? Okay, um, you, seen you seen Gladiator? You seen Gladiator? He was the son, Commodus. That's Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, and, and I said that movie for a reason. That's, that's okay, well, he, he, was, he was getting ready to get his ass whooped. I'm, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because when I watched Gladiator, that movie became so real to me. That movie was real to me. I felt it inside of my spirit, inside of my soul. When Russell Crowe died, I cried and a part of me died too. <laughs> Cut to, I'm in New York, me, Jamie Foxx, we all in the club, we party. <laughs> I, was, I, got the, I got the effects. Okay. <laughs> Joaquin walks in. And I'm looking at Joaquin like, did he just roll up on the set like everything is sweet? <laughs> it ain't sweet. Are you not in today? So I'm standing up on the couch. I jump off the couch. <laughs> and I commence to follow Joaquin Phoenix around the club for about five to 10 minutes. <laughs> and I, I, was trying to, I was trying to say to myself, it was just a movie. <laughs> but I wouldn't accept that. I wouldn't accept that until he turned around and said, hey, bro, what's, hey, what's going on? You good? And he shook my hand. I was like, everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. And then I turned around and walked back and finished the party. But I was five seconds from, from, 
from touching Joaquin Phoenix up for what he did to Maximus. Because Maximus was a good dude, man. He served the king the right way. You know what I'm saying? He he was forsaking his family. You know what I'm saying? He had the beautiful wife at home. He had the or, the whole farm and everything like the farm we want to go to. And he, he had, had the, great flashbacks. I mean, great flashbacks. <laughs> All of his flashbacks were awesome. You know what I'm saying? Then they're gonna roll up. They're gonna roll up on the set with the horses and everything, and roll and run over his kid with the horses and all of that stuff, and 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 hang and burn his wife. No, communists need to feel that. He needed to feel that that night at the club. I was on him. And that's called method acting. Hey, I know, <laughs> I know you guys got some questions that y'all want to ask him. I've done my job. You guys have your questions. It's time for question and answer. Hey, just real quick, give Tank a round of applause for me, man. And besides him being one of the greatest R&B singers of our time, he's one of the, the, the most down-to-earth cats that I've ever met. And we have to start supporting good people, not just good music, but good people. And he's one of the reasons why I'm here. So y'all make sure that y'all do support. If you want to ask a question, just come right up to the mic, please. Hello. Hey. I love you. You're one of my favorite artists, as well as you are. Thank Um, you. One of my favorite collaborations you did was Come Over with Aaliyah. Could you maybe tell us what it was like to work with her? And did you maybe write anything that was meant for her, but she didn't get to sing it, and you maybe gave it to another artist? Um, the Aaliyah c- collaboration. Um, Aaliyah was um, one of my good friends, and she was uh, very instrumental in getting me signed. That was one of the fir- that was the first R&B artist, one of the first R&B artists I sang backgrounds for, and you know, started cultivating my gift, cultivating my gift, and she started giving me advice. Tank, you should do like this because you sing like this and then you should put it together like, you know, she was always giving me advice and then we were signed to the same record label. So she'd be like, okay, yeah, deal with him like this, don't deal with him like that, say that, you know what I mean? Always giving me advice and I, one day I walked into the studio after one of my sessions and her and Jonte were in there recording or what have you and she said, ooh, Tank can sing that part. I'm like, sing what part? And she was like, come in. And so I went in the booth. And it's funny because uh, the producer and Jonte got into a little argument. And he was like, well, that's, I want Leah, Aaliyah's on this song. I want her to sing the part. And he was like, well, I want Tank to sing it. And so they started, if I want Tank to sing on the song, he can sing on the song. Aaliyah, you want Tank to sing on the song? Yeah, I want him to sing on the song. Well, Tank's singing on the song. What's the problem? OK, so that, whatever. So Aaliyah put me in the booth. I went in the booth, sang my little part. You know what I mean? And I don't know, for some reason, that, that one little part is just famous as a mug. No words, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no words, but one of my biggest collabos ever. Um, so that was cool, and then I got to write for her specifically. She told me the kind of song she wanted, and I wrote two songs for her on her album um, right before she passed. And um, no, I never wrote any other music for Aaliyah. And I w- if I did, I wouldn't give it to anybody else. Any more questions? Don't be shy. On with that TGT project. Ah, that's a that's a smart man looking into the future right there. Um, the TG project is a go. It's happening. The T, if you don't know what that is, that's Tyrese Genuine and Tank is getting ready to go down in a major way. So um, the deal is being done right now. Should be done next week or something like that. Next week, yeah, next week it'll be done. Um, and we'll have a single out to you by the end of the year album for the top of the year, tour, the whole nine. So it's going to be an R&B revolution. 
Come on, some more questions. You got some questions. Uh, what what age did you start uh, doing R and B? What age? Uh, it's a two part question. That's the first part. Or like, what year? What year? There we go. Two thousand six. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So I was trying to say, um, if you could go back and give advice to that tank, what would you say? Wow. <laughs> Slow down. No. That's what I would tell that time. Oh, okay. Hey, slow I, down. I'm not tank, and that's the truth. Man. Please slow down. Slow down. Because, you know, the way my, the, the way my life works is that, you know, the way God does me is he always makes me appreciate it before he gives it to me. And he makes me appreciate it in a real way. You know what I mean? Um... So back then, like, I had the opportunity to pop. I mean, when I say pop off, I mean go to the stratosphere. And he saw what I was doing with that almost stratosphere moment and how I was abusing it, and he cut that off. So, you know, yeah, I tell him, slow down and, and get your mind together so that God can do what he really want to do with you. I had a saying that um, sometimes God don't let your dream come true because he know it would be a nightmare. Mm. Some of the things we think we want, we need. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, this is tall. If you could collaborate with one uh, artist now, who would it be? One artist now. Or anyone, anyone that you haven't collaborated with. Um, I've always wished me and Aaliyah could do a real duet. We never got to do like a, a duet where I sing words. Um, that would have been awesome. But... um. I've always wanted to do a song with Josh Groban. Like just something big and epic, like for a Batman soundtrack or something. You know what I'm saying? Just, Are you the star of that movie too? Huh? You want to be an action film, right? Listen, they don't want me to be Batman. Remember how Batman, when he pulled up in the Lamborghini and he had two girls in the Lamborghini with him, he was like this, yeah. He saw his friend, she was like this, yeah. Um, um, yeah, we're just chill, eating, eating with my friend or what have you. And he was like, well, yeah, we should pull up another table and you know, see what's happening. And the guy was like, yeah, I don't know, this place has been booked for months. He said, yeah, but I own it. Come on, pull some tables up and let's just, you know what I mean? Like, I want to stunt like that, you know what I'm saying? All throughout the movie, the whole movie. Batman, but you're going to die. Nah, I got two knives right here in my pocket. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, I'm signed for two more movies after this, so I'm definitely going to live. <laughs> it's in the contract. You look over there, I get it. It's in the contract, it's in the contract. right? It's in, the contract. it's in the contract. You got any advice for anybody who's trying to be a real R&B singer? Um, here's my advice for anybody trying to be a real anything in this music industry. Make sure you're doing it because you love it. Period. I mean, I could, I could give you all of the good advice. Make sure you go to this A&R and make sure you send this in to this person. But ultimately, what's going to sustain you in an industry that is no longer totally about real anything is the fact that you love what you do and that love inside of you won't let you give up. Because if I didn't love what I do, in about 2004, I would have quit. I was, I was quitting. It was over. And I was reminded of just the love, of just, just love what you do, just enjoy it. You know what I mean? And if it comes with a million records sold, then that's good. If it comes with 100,000 records sold, then that's good. You know what I mean? I'll take my fans that, that bought all 60,000 of my records, I'll take them. 
I love them. Period. Over anything uh, not real. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Would you ever consider putting out a gospel album? When I put out a gospel album, I will never put out an R&B album again. So the timing on that has to be <laughs> the right time. I'm not straddling no fence for nobody. How to cold is what we're going to do right here. <laughs> I'm fighting it, bro. I'm hey, Tank, besides uh, Gibson and um, uh, what is it, Concord that you're performing at, um, what other stuff you're gonna do out here in California? Um, well, we trying to we we putting together the tour now, huh? We got something going on at Balboa Lake. That's like in August, right? September. Um, we're gonna try to get this House of Blues thing going, real nice for you. And we at the promenade, baby. You know what I'm saying? We about to get some. We about to get some. You know what I'm saying? Some up close and personal. You know, no tracks, no extra stuff going on. Just me and this thing right here. That's it. Huh? Natural. Do you like natural? I like natural. Natural's awesome. Natural's crazy. Am I, am I, am I singing now? Y'all give it up for David Banner. I'm my reverend. He's been my reverend since my little boy. And I love him to death. I don't like it, but I know I gotta trust you. It ain't cool, cause I know it's true. Maybe I deserve for you to go out and find some other guy I deserve for you to stay out with them all night I deserve for you to do all the things I did to you Oh yeah, oh yeah Show my face, don't just tell me why How come we always do it wrong? And how come we can't keep it home? Though we know that it ain't worth telling the lie, it ain't worth seeing you cry, it ain't worth just walking right here begging you, please don't go, cause it ain't worth killing the hope we could be, girl, I'm only one man, doing what I can, oh, oh. Right there, that's my 
If you do